0: Welcome to the Unearthing Autism Podcast. I'm Jay Beard.
1: And I'm Morgan Samrell.
0: We're some self-diagnosed autistic folks in Orlando, Florida. And we have a Discord channel in the description if anyone's interested in talking with us. So today's episode is on tips on staying regulated. And so we're going to talk about why, it's, why this whole topic is important. And we'll talk about the essentials like food and rest We'll talk about plant medicine, and at the end, there's a special topic that's very helpful for staying regulated. It costs no money, it has no downsides, and yeah, we'll save it for the end. So yeah, first let's talk about why it's so important to stay regulated. Um, can you can you think of some reasons why it's important to stay regulated?
1: Um, I think it's important because you need to be regulated, to be able to function in the world without just like being like super anxious all the time and super like you feel like you can't handle anything. You, you can only feel like you can handle the things if you're regulated.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's important. It's important for everybody, not just autistic people, but, um, basically autistic people are even more susceptible to being dysregulated and as you mentioned, it's really intricately tied to your overall happiness. You can't really be happy if you're dysregulated. Um, and so, yeah, bas- and basically autistic people can end up um, being more susceptible to having meltdowns, having uh, anger meltdowns on other people, or just um, just things, uh, your mind not working, just everything shuts down when you stop being regulated. It's kind of like our body having
1: meltdowns are something that regulates you, too. So Mm -hmm. it's like if you're not staying regulated, you're bound to have a meltdown. But if you feel a meltdown or a shutdown coming, then let it have its natural course and get through that, because afterwards you're going to be a lot more regulated.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It kind of resets you. So it's like our bodies are always trying to maintain this homeostasis. All the chemicals are trying to uh, keep things regulated. And so if things start not being regulated, everything starts breaking down and uh, nobody's having a good time. So the sort of um, the primary ingredients you need to, uh, to stay regulated are um, the main ones are food and rest. Another one is sensory. We'll do a whole nother episode on this on sensory needs and all that. But, yeah, let's start with food. So it's, um, it's like we have such a difficult up, uphill battle to, to fight with some of this stuff. So with food, to begin with, um, you and I, we have limited diets, so it can be hard. Like I was just traveling recently, and it can be hard to get a hold of the food that you actually like. Um, and then the other big thing is, um, at least for me and a lot of autistic people, I can be unaware of my own hunger. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's called interoception, like your ability to feel um, the things inside your body. Those things can be impaired when you're autistic. So usually for me, I I can't tell I'm hungry until it's kind of too late. Yeah. Can you relate to that?
1: Yeah, me too. I can like go all day without eating. And then at the end of the day, I just feel horrible. And I have a stomach ache. I could have a stomach ache for hours and be like, why does my stomach hurt? And it's just because I didn't eat yet. But I don't have it's like my brain doesn't interpret that pain from my stomach signal as I'm hungry. It's just like, oh, it's uncomfortable. What's going on?
0: Exactly. You have to kind of logically figure it out. So my my advice with so many things with autism is to make a routine um that is the solution for so many problems with autism and so food is a is a good example with that basically um it's good these days i know that i need to eat big meals around around two thirty and around seven o'clock and just knowing it based on the times rather than how i feel really helps and and just having the routine around I eat the same thing for breakfast now i even eat mostly the same thing for lunch and i have something i eat before bed and um, just knowing already what i'm gonna eat and when i'm gonna eat it that really helps me stay regulated as far as food goes
1: and a lot of people struggle with like eating like foods that are better for them because there's maybe only like one food that they like that's good for them like they only like chicken, then like eat chicken every day. Eat chicken <laughs> that's all the time. Like if that's what you like and it's good for you and you're getting what you need from it, then who's stopping you from eating it every day?
0: Yes. Yeah. And if you
1: only like broccoli and you need to eat a vegetable, eat broccoli every single day.
0: Yes. And sometimes um, I think we've talked about this where if you don't keep track of your hunger and you wait until your body's actually telling you and it's too late, then maybe you're going to go get some unhealthy fast food or you're going to cave to probably the the worst thing. (laughs) So, yeah, that's why it helps to stay on top of it. And, yeah, just my general advice is to spread the meals throughout the day. I've heard some autistic people say that they like the whole um, intermittent fasting thing, but in general I've heard that autistic people benefit from little meals throughout the day because it's so easy to get dysregulated. The other, the big, big area is rest. Um, so autistic people often need a lot of sleep, um, especially if you've been really busy the, the, the day before. And um, it's just important to rest throughout the day. Um, we take in all the sensory input, all the socializing and everything. So I've heard it recommended to take at least 10 minutes twice a day just no stimulation. Literally, do nothing. Um, I have a weighted blanket that helps me sleep real well, and um, yet yeah, when I get home from work, I literally just do absolutely nothing. And um, you never feel very comfortable when you're when you're worn out and everything. But the only thing that makes it better is literally doing nothing. I know a lot of autistic people are into a routine with naps, and um, And I've heard it recommended to have a one-to-one ratio for socializing. So if you spend an hour at work socializing, doing things with people, it's good to rest and have an hour to yourself. Um, Basically, it's good to be greedy with the amount of rest you take throughout the day. Um, You were telling me that you have a a son and um, you have a hard time uh, getting time to yourself.
1: Yeah, so for me, it's... It's like I'm almost never alone because I'm at work with the people I work with and my clients. And then I get in my car and I'm alone for a few minutes and then I get home and I'm with my son or I'm with my boyfriend or I'm going to see my friends. And so like during those times where I'm in the car alone, I take the extra time to just if I just got in the car after work, I might sit there for 20 minutes before I drive away, just having time alone by myself. Or if I get home from work at night, I might just sit there for 20 or 30 minutes in my car before I go inside. And it's just like, I need that time for my brain to like calm down and reset before I'm around people again. And like people think it might be weird to like sit in your car alone for that long, but like, who cares? Yes. It helps me, so I'll do it, and you should do it too.
0: Yes, and one funny thing is like the things that autistic people do to relax can be uh, um, pretty unconventional. Like, um, this is gonna sound so, so funny and so, so strange, but something I do before I go to sleep, as just like a relax my mind kind of thing, is uh, listen to videos about macroeconomics. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, a lot of us like to uh, like to just kind of learn constantly and so basically engaging in your special interests can be a great form of relaxation
1: yeah sometimes when i'm in the car by myself i'll just like scroll through video like hair videos and stuff like that just like whatever is making me happy like just things to fill my brain with like happiness for a bit and just like be able to like calm everything down because when my brain is like Happy and getting those happy chemicals, then my body's able to like relax itself. And then also, when you're alone, you're you're naturally gonna stem more. You're naturally gonna do the things more that you need that your body needs to do to regulate itself because when you're around people, even if you're like in the habit of unmasking around others, you're still always naturally going to unmask more when you're just by yourself and being unmasked and doing whatever stims you need to do, that's going to regulate you more than a lot of things.
0: Yes. Yeah. And so, um, so that brings us to the plant medicine. so something like, um, like cannabis can, uh, we were talking about how, um, sometimes we know we need to relax, but it can be kind of difficult to relax. Um, To kind of make that transition so something like cannabis can really um suddenly take that load off you and help you transition to a state of relaxation Mm -hmm. um it's kind of like throughout the day where we have all these all these thoughts all these sensations they they kind of weigh on us and we need something to uh to kind of uh, mellow everything out and uh, chill us out
1: yeah something to like unclick the lock (laughs) to just let everything like breathe
0: yes and for a sort of more long-term thing there is psilocybin mushrooms so a lot of autistic people talk about getting benefit from that it can help with things like ptsd and depression um it feels it it really is another sort of form of reset it um yeah it's we're used to seeing the world in a certain way and having just this the same sort of pattern of thoughts. So um, when you go on a mushroom trip, you s- perceive the world differently in a beautiful way. And, um, and just getting that break from the, the same old way of seeing the world, suddenly seeing the world in a beautiful lens um, helps you going forward.
1: Yeah. And when you're when you are on psychedelics like that your brain is like a lot more like pliable in a way where you can teach yourself new patterns while you're under that influence to where you can like make new connections in your brain to take with you to integrate into everyday life like if you have a really hard time getting your brain out of this one thinking pattern and then you have a trip where you can kind of reconnect some things there and how you think about it and how you perceive this this thing, then when you come out of it, those connections kind of stay like that, where you can break patterns or make new patterns.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, That it reminds me of, um, on the second episode, I talked about something called the predictive coding theory. And the idea is that, um, the idea is that autistic people can be, almost a little bit rigid in how we predict the future the classic example is that if the alarm clock goes off um or let's say you're alarm you set your alarm clock and it, it doesn't go off and you're late to work one time then you never trust the alarm clock and you have to set multiple alarm clocks um so yeah we can and so you can imagine that's the same idea with ptsd um somebody somebody, um, lies to you or they, they screw you over. And then you think that going forward, everybody's going to screw me over. It's going to be like this. It's going to be bad every time in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so psychedelics do something in that area of the whole predictive coding thing. And as you said, it can help us, uh, kind of, uh, rewire things in a positive light. Yeah. Yes. So, um, Oh, one last thing I wanted to mention is that exercise I've heard can be, can be really important for staying regulated. And, um, I'm somebody who I've never been good with any kind of physical things. I've always been bad at sports. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. we had this class at my job the other day where this lady for like fitness and nutrition came and talked to us and we all had to do these exercises together, like in the salon. (laughs) And we're all like doing squats and I just felt like, Oh my God, I can't believe anybody here is looking at me doing a squat. This is so embarrassing. (laughs) It seemed like everybody else was way more like comfortable just doing it. But I was like,
0: (laughs) Am I doing it right?
1: (laughs) I was like, don't look at me. Don't look at me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So, um, even though maybe a lot of us aren't, uh, it's might not be our strength uh, doing these exercise things. Um, it seems like all humans need some kind of outlet to, to let that energy out so that we can get the rest later.
1: Yeah. And I think that that one's another one that it kind of it's like with the food where it's like if you only like one kind of vegetable, eat that vegetable because it's giving you what you need. It's kind of like if you only like like you don't like going to the gym and exercising, but you do like going to the pool and swimming that's exercise. Do that exercise for your, like, that can be what you do for your exercise. That's your movement. Like you don't have to, you know, do what you see everybody else doing because you think that's the right thing because every, the right thing is different for every person.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Find what works. And I'm definitely one of those people. So I've, I have one thing that works really well for me, which is biking. Um, and so, and I've made a routine out of it. I always bike at the same time every day, and I never forget. And that way I stay regulated every day.
1: Yeah. And like don't try to force yourself into to do it. Like if you're not somebody who can wake up at 6 in the morning and go to the gym every day and that's not realistic for you, then don't be forcing yourself to do that because you're going to be dysregulating yourself even more in the long run or just giving up on it completely because you're not able to, to, to do that thing that you planned on doing. And that's going to make you like feel more out of it in the long run. And then you're, you're going to have done nothing and gotten nowhere. So yeah. just do what works for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, sh- it should feel easy. And, um, and, uh, and you should be greedy with things like sleep and rest.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So, um, so as, uh, for the last topic, um, this is something, as I mentioned, it has no downsides. It costs no money. Um, it just has a little bit of a learning curve to it. And that is meditation. So I consider myself quite a happy person. That's uh, pretty regulated every day. And, um, if I have a secret, it's uh, it's probably meditation. I, I also play a ton of music every day. I think that's also good for staying regulated, but, um, but I've been meditating every day since I was, uh, 22 or so for many years, I've been meditating every day. I've made a routine out of that as well. And, um, and I think meditation, it could be very helpful for everybody. And um, I've, when I studied psychology, I did my, I did my master's dissertation on the effects of meditation in the classroom. And there is tons of scientific evidence showing that that meditation helps in a variety of areas from emotional regulation, to, uh, to helping you sleep better, um, all kinds of things. And it's quite annoying that Um, that people will say, oh, meditation isn't for me. I don't believe in that Eastern stuff and whatever. It's not, there's no no religious stuff involved. It is uh, very, very scientific. Anybody can do it.
1: And it's really good for like checking in on yourself because we have a harder time checking in on ourselves because we're not getting those signals like about hunger and pains in different parts of our body necessarily, that it's like, you need that time to slow down and like check on every individual part of yourself to see like, what is dysregulated? What do I need to regulate? What do I need to do? And then also the thing with like, the like plant medicines and like psilocybin kind of making it able for you to like make like rewire your brain a little bit and make new connections you can do that same thing through meditation too like anything you can do with psychedelics you can do through meditation it's just going to take more time and more like effort put into it and um like committing yourself to doing it and yeah you don't you don't necessarily need psychedelics you can do it with meditation it's just that's kind of like an easier way or it kind of will like unlock the door right away to where then you can kind of get there easier with meditation.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's kind of like throughout the day, we have all these things that our mind needs to attend to. Um, You know, like when I'm just walking around my house, I have to think about um, when when are my lessons today? How do I prepare for things? And let me rehash that conversation I had with somebody. So our minds are always caught up in the past and the future. And then with meditation, we're intentionally bringing our minds to the present. And um, there's a common mis- misconception with meditation. People say, I've tried meditating and I can't meditate. Because what it means to meditate must mean that my mind completely shuts off. And that's not the case. Um Meditation is more about the process of bringing yourself back to the present moment. It's not about your mind having no activity. Actually, everyone's minds have activity, even whatever monks that meditate all the time. Um, and
1: whatever activity that's happening in your brain during a meditation, like that's activity that wouldn't have been happening if you hadn't done this meditation. And maybe there's a thing that like you need to think about for a few minutes so that you can let it go. And be able to focus on the present. It's like I'll, when I meditate, I'll kind of have like one thing in my come into my mind at a time. That's like, oh, you need to think about this, though, and I'm like, okay, I'll think about that then, and go through that cycle of what I need to think about for that, and then okay, well now I've come to like some solution or whatever to where I can put that to the side now, and then you have like this nice compartmentalized thoughts. To the side where now you can kind of be in the present so it kind of like helps you work through what you need to gives you that time to do that and then allows you to just be able to relax and be here
0: yes yeah i've heard the analogy it's it's kind of like opening up emails when you first start meditating you're Mm -hmm. checking the emails and then um eventually you've checked all the emails and then you really get that relaxation
1: yeah and people think that just because they're checking emails that they're not meditating, but that's part of it.
0: Exactly. Yes, so I figured that we would actually meditate uh, right here, right now. I'll give us a bit of a of a guided meditation. If anyone wants to look into this stuff, there's a great... The, the scientist that's researched this a whole bunch is called Jon Kabat-Zinn. And the scientific community, they like mindfulness meditation. Meditation is a bit of a broad term, Um, but mindfulness meditation means we're paying attention to the present moment. Um, we're just, yeah, we just keep bringing ourselves back and there's really nothing more to it than that. So let's try it. Um, let's sit nice and comfortable. Closing our eyes, taking nice deep breaths in and out through the nose. No need to control the breath, just become aware of your natural respiration. thoughts arise, notice them, and gently return back to the breath. When you're ready, you can open your eyes. All right, how was that? It was good. <laughs> yeah, it's ama- it's amazing how uh, how quickly um, how how quickly we can chill out when we're really intentional about it. Mm-hmm. So I don't consider myself really regulated until I have done that in the morning. It sets me up for a good day. Um, for years, I was a daycare teacher, and um, being a daycare teacher, it really tests your patience. The kids are constantly doing things that would make you want to react and get kind of angry and frustrated. And um, I'd, I meditated every morning before work, and there would, for whatever reason, there would be a few days where I couldn't meditate before work, and I would notice it. I would notice that this sort of anger and frustration it just immediately kicks in and i just immediately react react to my emotions that much quicker and um it's it actually kind of blows my mind that most people don't meditate every day
1: (laughs) yeah it's like once you're once it's a regular thing that you're doing it seems like crazy not to be doing it all the time but i still go into like different Um, like phases where I'm doing it and then I'm not doing it. And like, there's definitely a difference. Yeah.
0: Yes. And um, one last tip is um, one thing that's really helpful for meditation to make it easier is to do it first thing in the morning or as early in the day as possible. Basically, um, our minds haven't even gotten churning that much yet when we first wake up. And that makes it just that much easier to to go forward with sitting, and um, so yeah, my tip is to when very soon after waking up to make a routine out of meditating each day. Maybe set an alarm or set a set a timer. You can just start out with ten minutes, even just do five minutes if you need at first, and um, and then start gradually bringing it up to fifteen or twenty minutes. And a little bit of meditation each morning really goes a long way
1: yeah a thought that i had too during the meditation was like don't keep driving your car till it's on empty and you're like negative gas mileage because you know you have a reserve tank and like you'll just push it to the end and then put put gas in it like just keep doing it regularly and then you're not going to be stuck in a position where you're like oh my god oh my god oh my god i need to get gas right now like where's the next gas station like if you just keep having a time to do it then you're never going to be put in that position where you need to worry about it exactly i think it's kind of like that with meditation and with just regulating in general
0: yeah it's a good metaphor for all this stuff we've been talking about with regulation you don't yeah if you can stay on top of it beforehand it's so much easier to um, to maintain yourself before you get dysregulated. Mm-hmm. Once I'm, once I'm too hungry. Once I'm too overstimulated, I'm probably not gonna really be happy until the next day. <laughs> once mm-hmm. I've like slept it off. Yeah. So yeah, it's all about the maintenance.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, good stuff. Awesome.